Well, I've got a new topic for you today. In all the things that we've talked about here on the human resource, one of the topics that we really haven't spent a lot of time on is the Family Medical Leave Act. And I'm not even sure why we haven't spent any time on this particular program. It's, it's very important. And a lot of you listening or watching the show have this benefit available to you or are mandated to offer this to your employees. So I kind of wanted to very quickly go over some of the details about the Family Medical Leave Act and um, kind of get your mind started on it. We're going to do a three-part series on this uh, topic because I, I, there's so much involved with it. And as I'm working with clients, I'm finding out that even the clients that I feel should know about the details don't know just how deep this goes. So let's, let's just start out right from the very beginning. The Family Medical Leave Act, or FMLA, is overseen by the Department of Labor and the Division of Wage and Hour. A lot of people can't quite figure out the correlation between wage and hour and FMLA, but that's, that's the truth of it. It's a part of your federal labor law posters. So that language, if you've got your posters hanging up like you're supposed to, that language is out there for employees, whether they are eligible to participate in the program or not. And that's good to know because as companies grow, you're required to share that information with your employees. Now, employers that are mandated under FMLA are employers with 50 or more employees. And the, the crazy part is some of this has changed a little bit in regards to where those or how we determine 50 employees. 50 employees used to be individuals in a geographical area within a 75-mile radius of each other. But now that we have so many individuals working out of state, those guidelines have changed slightly in that if an individual is outside of the 75-mile radius and yet report in to an office or to an individual that fits within the 75-mile radius, then they're included in the 50 headcount. So there's one thing that tends to be a little fuzzy about FMLA, but my, my, my comment to companies always is, look, if you have any question at all of an outlier employee or someone that you, you're, you're challenging and saying, I, I don't know if they actually fit or if we actually qualify. Look, if you've got 50 employees and you have one corporate office, and most of the time everybody's communicating into that, you may be mandated for FMLA. The other catch for eligibility in a from a company perspective is you want to have those 50 employees for at least 20 weeks within the prior year so or the current year, I should say. So even if your count drops down to 49 or 48 and you, you feel like you're borderline, go back and count how many weeks you had at least 50 employees. Now, let's say that you are required to offer FMLA. Well, FMLA is available to those employees who have worked at least a year with your company and, a, and a, a accomplished 1,250 hours within that year. So new hires aren't eligible. Individuals who have only worked nine months are not eligible. Individuals that are interns or co-ops that have worked less than 1,250 hours, they're not eligible. 
So we're not talking full-time equivalents. We're not talking full-time, part-time. Eligibility is year of service, 1,250 hours. Now, eligible employees who work for a covered employer then can take up to 12 weeks of unpaid, unpaid job-protected leave in a 12-month period for the following reasons. The birth of a child or placement of a child from adoption or foster care to bond with a child. And that bonding has to be taken within a year of the child's birth. So if they want to, if you, if a parent wants to take the child to a doctor's appointment or they want to pick them up from daycare early, that's, that's important time. And it's covered under FMLA to care for an employee's spouse, child, or parent who has a qualifying serious health condition. And we're going to talk about what that serious health condition may be, but that's remember spouse, child, parent, for the employee's own qualifying serious health condition. And we're going to do, again, we'll talk about those health conditions here a little bit later. And then, of course, for qualifying events related to foreign deployment of a military member who's in the employee's either spouse or is either uh, a child that they support. So... Very specific reasons. These are not slight cases. These are not slight situations. A distinct eligibility. And then, of course, a very, very good reason for needing to take it. Now, one of the big benefits of FMLA and one of the most important things employees need to understand is that while you're on it, employees may have to provide verification of the health condition. And it's very simple. There are forms that FMLA, um, they provide. Division of Wage and Hour has already done them. They're templates. I love them. You are not required to use them. But they're, why not use them? They're, they're, they're thorough. They cover a number of pieces of information that are essential to this transaction or this, this, um, this moment of time between the employer and the employee. And they're very accessible. They're on the internet. Um, I believe it's uh, form 381, 382, 385 that you would want to be looking at. They were just updated. So the ones out there, make sure your expiration date is uh, 2026. If you're listening to this show in 2023, those will be quite applicable. But the information is, is very detailed. And it, it, you don't want to slip, let any of that stuff slip between the cracks. Um, individuals may have to provide a return slip when they are coming off of FMLA, and that will be established in the, the documentation. Because remember, we're going to do what the doctor says versus what the employee says. Now, one of the nice things about the protection is, too, you can't interfere with an individual's FMLA rights and retaliate against them. If an individual has a valid reason for going out on FMLA, as we just talked about, the employer has no choice. So if you've got a business owner or if you've got 
senior staff that wants to fuss and whine because it's not a good time for this individual to go on FMLA, tell them to tuck and hide that ego because FMLA is going to prevail. And you don't want to mess with the federal government on this. These individuals will have their jobs protected. And there's no reason not to provide this for them. Um, one of the other things that I think is very, very important is that there are very distinct time frames. Individuals who want to request FMLA don't have to use FMLA in the terms of, of the request, but they can say, look, I've got this event coming up, and hopefully if they want to use FMLA, they're going to be giving us at least 30-day notice. If they can't give a 30-day notice, and I was just talking to somebody this afternoon, and she said, well, yeah, but can I deny it if they don't give me the 30-day notice? If it's a car accident, if it's a stroke, if it's um, a, an emergency heart surgery, no, you are not going to deny that just because they couldn't predict that incident 30 days in advance. You got to be flexible sometimes. You have to look at each situation individually. And you have to remember, that, look, this is, this is good for your employees. You can't take any of this personally. And you can't retaliate against them when this stuff happens. So once an individual does go on FMLA, employer director, supervisor, understand they are eligible and have to be treated just like everybody else in the department. So their health insurance is going to continue as long as they pay their portion of that premium. And that's a part of the paperwork you're going to establish with them. We're going to make sure that they're eligible for the same pay increases as everybody else in the department. We're going to make sure that they're eligible for the same bonuses now you're saying, but they're not actually there working. It doesn't matter. If the bonus was a quarterly bonus and everybody else gets it because it's based on department uh, results, the individual in FMLA is going to get it. We're not going to take this person and move them into another department or another role because we're upset they're not going to be there full time. You can't do that. We're also going to allow this individual to take intermittent leave of the 12 weeks if it is warranted. If the doctor says, look, I need them to, you know, they may have flare-ups from the cancer treatments or they may have, um, you know, these, these situations that come up periodically, so a flexible schedule is going to be necessary. That's what you're going to do. Whether you like it or not, that's what you're obligated to do. Now, the employees have some responsibility as well. They need to communicate with us and let us know as FMLA continues, they need to be tell, telling us, okay, I'm, my projected return date is going to be this, or my projected return date is going to be that. Um, they also need to share with us if the medical certification is going to change. Maybe they're going to go on restrictions that they didn't realize they were going to have when they went out on FMLA. And you're going to see a lot of that in the more severe cases. Keep in mind, too, these individuals may be going on short-term disability while they're on FMLA. 
if that's the case, then you've got that documentation going on. And there's going to be requirements of communication with that as well. FMLA is not meant to be difficult or cumbersome, but it is complicated. And I want each of you to understand, if you have 50 or more employees, please understand, get with your HR consultant, get with your labor law attorney, talk to them and say, look, is this is FMLA actually something I need to be offering? And then get the education you need to understand all these details. This is not something that you get to pick and choose to offer. And I'm just briefly going over these details. There's a lot I'm not sharing with you because we just don't have time. But listen to the next two shows here over the next couple weeks because we're going to go into more detail about FMLA, who's eligible, and when you might not have to offer it. Thanks for listening to The Human Resource.